Hi guys, it's Jenny here from the God's Not podcast and I'm here with Alex. Hi guys. Um, and today we're going to continue with a topic that we have spoken about previously, which is about our journey to ministry. And today we're going to talk mainly around how we left our church to start a ministry and the process that we went through and maybe give you some nuggets or insight and tips and best practices in, in going through such a process. And so I'm going to ask my dear husband a question, Pastor Alex. Just call me Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about how and why you decided to start a ministry? Um, well, I guess because God spoke to me mm-hmm. and told me that that was his plan for our lives. Mm. Um, and I guess originally when I heard the voice of God, it was three years prior to actually um, going to see the leadership again yeah. to let them know um, when I say leadership, the leadership of our old church, mm. to let them know about what God had laid on my heart and what he was, speak, was speaking to me about. Um, so the first time I did it, um, it, not that it wasn't received well, but it was, it, I was told that it was premature mm. um, and it wasn't the time, yeah. at, which I, I didn't argue against. Um, but if someone had told me that I didn't hear God, yeah. then I would have argued against that. Yeah. Um, it's just that I just didn't know the timing. Mm. So there's a difference. God speaks to us mm. um, and shows us where he wants us to be. But in order for us to take that step, it depends on the timing. Yeah. And I guess when you say that, I just think of David. Yeah. Um, David was anointed to become king exactly. by Samuel. But the time had not come for him to go, hey, Saul, I'm the next king. Exactly. Step down. Yeah. And so I think that is true that God will sometimes reveal to us you know, or we get that conviction that this is where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the timing for you to take that step. Yeah. And I guess when you first went to the leadership, you expressed that you had this burning desire um, that you believe God put in your heart to start a ministry. Yeah. But they kind of like said, now is not the right time. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically they said, yeah, now is not the right time. Um, wait. And sometimes... I guess human beings being that you don't want to see your your strong leaders and yeah. you know, your faithful members of your church go. Yeah. No one does. It's it's it's, it's, human. it's human. Yeah, it's humane. If it, if they were like, see ya, <laughs> I would have been like, hey, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you know, they, they don't. So obviously, I guess them saying that as well, they were probably coming from a point of view that, let's have some time to think about this and reflect yeah. it. And maybe it's just, you're going through a moment. Yeah. Um, which is fair because they didn't, uh, didn't know what yeah. God was saying to me. Um, but I knew. Then that's why I, I humbled myself. And when they said, you know, we don't feel it's the right time. I said to them, look, I totally agree with you. Mm. Um, I know that this is what God wants me to do, but I don't know the timing. Yeah. I don't know when he wants me to go, but I know he does want me to go. Yeah. Um, and then three years went on but before you move on to you know get into the point where we actually launched our ministry which meant that we had to leave the church that we're in and the church that I have been in since I was eight years old yeah and so it's not just you know a place that we were in for a season but literally my whole life for example and you joined 
there when you got saved. But what was it like then to stay in a place and knowing that you weren't going to be there for long? Like, how did you stay committed? Like, we still served. We mm. still paid and contributed to the to the kingdom and to the yeah. to what the, the vision that yeah. the church was building um we didn't hold back in our service or in our commitment and i just yeah. wonder what what you know advice or tips can you give to those that are listening that may know that they're in a place that they're not in for long mm. but yet they want to be faithful to what god has called them to do in that place yeah. and can you just talk a bit about yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. Um, and I felt like the devil really pushed buttons with me mm. um, and tried to cause me to jump early. Yeah. Through um, what? Through, what? Just through, through like maybe um, offence mm-hmm. or um, just getting annoyed at the way certain things were done. Mm-hmm. Um I so guess things I'm, were being amplified. Yeah, things were being amplified. And I guess trivial things as well. Because I guess when it's, it's, it's out there that you want to go, yeah. um, it's never easy. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like everything you do, is, it feels like it's being assessed and yeah. it's being watched. Um, but I think I just, I had the mindset of, I've already said to myself that no one could offend me out of a church. Mm. That, that can't happen. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to um, leave a, a church other than when God says it's time up. Mm. Or clearly the doctrine in the place has gone left completely, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which I didn't experience in my old church, by the way. But it was just, it was, it was just that time to, 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 to leave. But in, in all of that, I would say what kept me focused and what kept me hungry mm. was the fact that I was working for God, I was doing everything for God. So mm. leading the praise and worship, I I put everything around me aside. Yeah, I I um closed my ears to any other voice, yeah. and I said, I'm doing this for God. I'm serving in His house. I'm serving for His kingdom. I'm building His church. Mm. I guess when you take your focus off a man mm. and you put your focus on God, mm. you can do a lot more in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think even just being alongside you on that journey there yeah. was times that i even got frustrated and was like yeah. oh anyway we're not here for all you know yeah the flesh in me yeah would say but anyway mm. and i think it was re- you were actually a role model to me that you genuinely did not look around you or think you know i'm not here for long so i want to give it half-hearted effort yeah. but you fully committed yourself into the praise and worship or into pastoring the youth yeah. or into like, I want to give my best to what I'm doing now. Mm. And I think maybe you had the foresight that this was actually training ground for when we started a ministry. Yeah. I'm not sure if you, you did think that way. Um, but I think it's really important is what do you do in the middle? Yeah. How do you behave yeah. when you feel like you're stuck in the middle? And, yeah. and the thing is, we didn't know how long we were going to stay. Yeah. We didn't know when the time was. So it was just that we've communicated that this is mm. what God has put in our hearts. But it could have been for five years. It could have been for 10 years. Yeah. That timing was not known. And I just wanted you to just like help us understand what mindset, which I think you've done, you have to be in yeah. so that people don't even know that you're going to leave. Like it's not, it wasn't public knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. But I would, wanna, I, w- I would like to share this as well, because I guess 
this sheds more light on on the whole situation um so before i said i want to but well, three years yeah. you know, back when i said i want to um, god's calling me to start my own ministry um the plan was originally to start a branch of the church mm. so can you imagine you've you've gone and you've said you want to start a branch and we had a conversation about, you know, starting a branch. And now I'm going back to say, no, I don't want to start a branch anymore. I, God has called me to start my own. Yeah. And you can imagine that's not an easy conversation, even to build up the courage mm. to go and say that. Because um, think about how I would look. You know, I said I yeah. want to start a branch and now I'm saying I want to run my own. Then straight away they'll say, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You sound confused. Mm. It's definitely not God speaking to you. God's yeah. not the author of confusion. All these sort of things would be flying at you. Mm. But still, I was firm in the fact that I know the voice of God yeah. and I know what God wants me to do. Yes, I came with my plans, yeah. but then later on, God showed me his purpose. Mm, that's powerful. That is good. That is powerful. But I like... The things that you say about courage, yeah. because I think when you are under a church leadership, of course, you you know need to submit to the authority of your church leadership. But there's a point where you may need the courage yes. to come and speak to your leaders and say, "This is how, this is what I feel. This is what I feel like God is saying to yeah. me." Um, and sometimes they might not yet have received that message, but even in our youth per se, or being mm. young in the body of Christ versus, you know, some of the giants that are now 60 years old and have been yeah. in the faith for 30 years plus. Yeah. But being able to have the courage to step up and say, this is what I feel like God is, is saying to me. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy, especially when you, I think you are someone who is very loyal and you don't want to cause friction or anything. So I yeah. think a branch was a safe yeah, thing for you to yeah, say without offense like okay god yeah. you're calling me out but surely yeah not out of where i am yeah because i don't want to offend bishop i don't want to offend my yeah. leaders yeah um and i think that that courage to say okay my conviction actually is this yeah um and so i want to fast forward so three years of knowing that we're in a place but not necessarily we're in you know we're going to be there forever yeah how then did you get to the point how did you know the time was right um, three years down the line what signs do you feel like god gave you to know that yep son now's the time for you to launch i guess it was it's during that time of fasting in january um the the 21 days of fasting and um, that we did and um i guess god spoke to me um during that time and i didn't act upon it straight away yeah um I could sense that there was a move, there was a shift mm. and there was a change coming and it involved me having to be bold. Yeah. And I kept hearing it, hearing it through different voices, different prophetic voices as well. Um, but I, I could sense that God was telling me that the time is near. Um, and at the time, the church was going, going into a new season yeah. where they were about to get a new building and et cetera. So... To be honest, things were going to get even easier for me. Yeah. And you as well. Like, it was going to get easier for us. Um, and we were, going to, we were going to be one church. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more, um, potentially a lot more opportunities. And we were pastoring the youth at the time. So yeah. it was great. The youth was growing. We were, you know, having midweek services. Everything was going well. There was nothing going wrong, yeah. to be honest. Nothing going wrong at all. Um, but God spoke during that 21 days of fasting. 
and I, I waited probably, I probably waited about two months, I think, or maybe a month and a half. And then I went to go and have the conversation with um, my resident, resident pastor mm. um, at the time. And it was received a lot better yeah. the, this time round than it was the second time round. Sorry, the first time round. So first what time. do you mean it was received a lot better? What does that mean? In terms that um, I didn't have to explain myself a lot. Yeah. It okay. was just, yeah, it was just, okay, no, I am, um, you know, he was very welcome into it and yeah. said, you know, he believes that, yes, this is, this is God's, this is God's time. And you did come, you, he remembered the time that I came yeah. before yeah. and, you know, he's saying this is of God. Um, and it, it was, it was, a, it was just a smooth conversation. Yeah. And I think from my perspective, um, for those that don't know Alex, again, Alex is someone who is very loyal and doesn't like, you know, um, confrontation or things like that. And so I think leading up to the, this time when Alex felt that it was time to, to go, as he started voicing some of these um, these things to me and I didn't believe that Alex was ready yet because he's so loyal that I thought, okay, you're saying it's time. You're going to go to the leadership. They're going to be like, okay, <laughs> and then you're going to be like, okay, because that's the kind of guy you are. Like you yeah. just don't want to cause any, and even to have that courage yeah. again. And I just, I can just see Joshua now. Like, yeah, I was just thinking about Joshua. Literally, I'm yeah. just thinking about Joshua when, you know, God says, do not be afraid, be courageous. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of that now. And I can imagine what it took for you to go and speak to our resident pastor because yeah. I did not even think that you could do it. Mm. Like, I was like, babe, you you are not going to tell, like, speak yeah. to him. I know... But I didn't really it. speak to you about it that much as well. You, you didn't, but I, I stopped think, speaking to you yeah, about Yeah, but it. I think yeah. maybe because I was just not yeah. thinking that you had that courage to, yeah. to do that. And maybe you blocked my voice out because you wanted to get into that mode of yeah. focus. Yeah. Um, but I think... Also, what we probably learned from the first time was even the protocols of how things are done in the church that yeah, we're in, yeah. like who to approach first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that also probably helped with the reception yeah, of, of what course. the message that you yeah. brought, as well as him actually resonating, it resonating with his spirit that, yeah, yeah Alex, I hear you and I can see you yeah. and I believe in you. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the, to, to be honest, that was, I guess that was quite comforting that the fact that no one said I don't believe you yeah you know I, when I spoke to my resident pastor when I spoke to uh, my bishop not one said we don't believe that you're called yeah or they didn't say oh um we don't believe that this is the time no they were they were it was comforting to know that they believed in me yeah and they didn't question whether I was hearing from God yeah. at all I, they didn't question at all. But I think when I just reflect now, I think God is a God who does work in seasons. Yes. And I think you're right. There was a, a season shift in the church that we were in yeah. where we um, were buying a new building, yeah. which meant that the two different branches that the church had, um, the, the larger two branches, yeah. were coming together in a central location, which meant that now there was a, a shift in like even leadership and yeah. different different roles in the church and who would play what and who would do what. And the whole church was coming into a new season. Yeah. And God does work in seasons. And when we look at it now, it was probably easier for them to say, yeah, you can, you guys can yeah. go. Yeah. Because there was a whole shift yeah. in yeah. what God was doing in, the, in that church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... And probably us stepping out and 
has allowed others, I'm sure, to yeah. step up. Yeah. Um, because we're all now in a in a place. Yeah. And you know how effective will we all be if we're all bringing our gifts to one place rather than now being equipped in that place and now okay go out and and do something with what yeah. you have learned all the years being in that yeah in that church yeah. and so i just want to ask as well so once you had spoken to the resident pastor and the bishop um how long did it take for for us <laughs> to yeah. to leave so you said you waited on it for like a yeah. month and a half before you spoke to resident pastor what was the process i to mean actually yeah leaving good question jen um yeah so i mean i didn't want to pull the plug straight away um i i understood that i was in a position where i was pastoring the youth um and i didn't want to i guess the word is destabilize yeah. um that ministry because mm. it was it was very easy if we were to up and leave yeah um it, you know it would have been like okay what's going on and it could have caused a lot of havoc and, and confusion yeah. and i did not want that so even when I had the conversation with um, resident pastor and um, our, our bishop at the time, we stayed there, I think, three months. I think uh, probably like three months, maybe three, three and a half months, maybe, yeah. isn't it? Maybe three and a half months extra in the church. So you can imagine that we're, we're in the church. and. But can you talk a little about, about the discretion? So I guess mm. even being in the church... Yeah. We still did not communicate with we the team yeah. that we worked with. No, we didn't. Other church yeah. members that yeah. we had been to church with for years that yeah. we were going. So it was something that we had to 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 keep. Keep, yeah, we had to keep. So I you know, I'm there pastoring uh with Jenny the youth, um and you know, still going to church on the, on the Sunday to the services. Leading worship. And, and yeah, leading worship. And you can't even have these you can't have a conversation with anyone um because of the effect that it could potentially have. And we, we just didn't want to destabilise. We were just, we, were, we had made up our minds that, look, you know, we want things to just run smoothly when we're gone. But was that hard? It was so hard. It was so hard having, especially like with the youth leaders, it was so hard just being there with them and making plans, mm. knowing that you're not a part of those plans. Yeah. But then I'm still putting 100% in. I'm still getting to youth meetings um, and still setting up the chairs, the first one there. I'm still doing everything that I would do on a, on a but normal day. But the question day. I want to ask you, and I'm sure people are asking, is why? Like, why? I want people to just understand the purpose of, of why. Why would you stay silent? Why would you be the first person to do? Why would you be 100% committed knowing that you were leaving? And I guess the reason why I say this, because even mm. in the workplace, mm. if you were leaving a place, some of them might just say, do you know what, cut your, sh no no yeah. sh your notice period because I know you're not... You're here, yeah, but you're not I'm here. Not here. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well leave. Yeah. But what is different in the kingdom? Why Why did you consistently stay faithful to serving in a place where you knew that that, that particular place you weren't going to stay? Because it's God's church. Yeah. That's that's And that's, that's, that's actually... Uh, that was correct answer. That's yeah. what I was hoping you'd say. That even though when we serve in a, place, in a certain place, we might, yeah. may not stay in that place, but actually... We're still working for the same employer. Yes. So us that's powerful. leaving to start a ministry. Yeah. We're still serving yeah. the same God. Yeah. And so that is why we yeah. give a hundred percent, even exactly. if we're not going to stay in that place, yeah. because we're just moving to a different cell, as yeah. it were. We're the body of Christ, exactly. and I'm moving from one cell to the other, but it's yeah. still the same body. Yeah. And I think that's really important because, um, in all of this, 
you know, humans are humans. Mm. Emotions run high. Yeah. People get frustrated. People get offended. Yeah. And you can just say, I'm done. Like, I yeah. give up. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Why yeah. am I still giving? Why yeah. am I still serving? And I think that's what, what it is. Because yeah. I'm serving God. Wherever, serving whatever God. house it's in, I'm serving God. Yeah. Um, and I must say, Alex, that, was, that is something that I admire about your heart. And that's yeah. how I, as your wife, knew that you were called. Because of your ability to serve under intense, yeah. Pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Internal pressure that no one else could see. Yeah. Your youth leaders couldn't see yeah. your heart. Nobody could. Yeah. Um, and as your wife, I probably saw it all, mm. like behind closed doors. Yeah. What others didn't see, what your pastors didn't see. Yeah. But I could still see that you gave 110 because you were faithful to God. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the key, being faithful to God. And... You know, this is where I guess some people get it wrong, where, you know, we use the church, the, the term church hurt um, and it's it's not church hurt, it's people hurt. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that people who experience in quote church hurt take that church hurt out on God's. Yeah. So for me, like you're saying, Jed, and that was perfect what you just said about God being our employer. Yeah. Like I'm I'm still working for him. Yeah. I might, I, I'm just in a different, I like what you said, you said different cell. Yeah. I'm just in a different cell in the body. Yeah. And he was just planning to move me over to another cell. But how I treated that cell at that time, mm. my employer is looking yeah. and saying, well, are you going to do the same thing when I move you into another cell yeah. over to the other cell? That's, yeah. So it's, it's, we have to be so God conscious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kingdom minded. And kingdom minded. Yeah. Um, and not let emotions and feelings get the better of us because at the end of the day, we are serving God. Okay. But I want to go a bit deeper. Let's go deeper. And I want to understand, though, how you felt. Because mm. I had emotions and I felt yeah. a, certain, a certain way. And when it got to the crux of the issue and it was time to leave, yeah. um, you know, what emotions were going through you like your our last service what were you feeling or that last you know couple of weeks you knew my time is coming to an end what what kind of emotions were you going I, through i had to i had to fight a lot i felt like i was having a, a personal battle with the enemy um and my flesh as well because i had to really fight my mind fight my flesh the enemy was making it so hard for me because mm. it was just like it, it, you got to a point where everything you started seeing, you kind of thought, are they indirects to me? Are they pointed to me? Are they saying something about me? And and that's what's running through my mind. Um, and there's times where I felt my I felt say to myself that, what is the point? Mm. But then I had to bring myself to the the realization that the point is God. Yeah. <laughs> He's always the point. He's at point A and point B and every single point. Um, but I was literally, emotions will run high in me at times because I guess I wanted things done in a certain way. And then that opened the door for the enemy to play on my mind. Mm. And even up until that point of the last day that we're going and, you know, we were sent off, I just didn't know what was going on inside of me. There was so much going on in my head. Yeah. You know, I didn't know how to channel my emotions. Yeah. Um, I just remember sweating it out. I don't remember <laughs> you remember that day. I was sweating it out. Yeah, it was an intense, 
It was intense. I was just it sweating. It was intensely emotional last service because I think everything was screaming out in us yeah. that this is our last Sunday and we just didn't feel like we could express our goodbyes. Yeah. I don't know, but it was yeah. it was emotion it was a, it was an emotional time because there was a way that we had to act spiritually. Yeah. That was completely contrary to maybe what we were feeling internally. Mm. And why I say that things like for example, for us it was important for us to show our leadership that we were grateful for what they'd done yeah. and like we want to yeah. still sow into the ministry. Yeah. And so yeah. a, a step that we took is that we sowed. Yeah to our leaders when we yeah. were leaving. Yeah. Um, like, but that was something that we felt we had to do spiritually. Yeah. But even yeah. though internally we felt, you know, all these different emotions yeah. because of the way that our church wanted to, you know, release us yeah. was not necessarily the way that we had in mind of yeah. a release. Yeah. But that's the culture in their, their, their church and that's yeah. how they wanted to do it. And yeah. we had to remember that at that moment, until we were released, we were still under submission. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, and, and I guess, Jen, that's why God is so faithful to us and honours us. Because we, we've been honouring him mm. all these years, Jen, in ministry. Whether, you know, it was rainy days, sunny days, dry days, whatever, windy days. We were there. We were there. <laughs> mm. And, you know, we, 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 no one can question that. You can go back and get references if you want. <laughs> and they'll tell you that we were faithful. Yeah. To, to the very end, without yeah. a doubt, we yeah. were faithful to the very end. And we understood, you know, submitting, su- submission to leadership yeah. and being under authority. And whether we thought things were right or wrong, just as long as it's not doctrinal, yeah. we, we said to ourselves, we will humble ourselves under the leadership yeah. of the church. Yeah. And even in um, submission it's not always pain-free. Like, now I'm just thinking yeah. now, even to context of a husband and a wife, like sometimes I will have to submit to what you want to do. And yeah. I may not feel like I want to, or it's what is right, I even think is right. But yeah. at that moment, I will submit because you are my husband yeah. and you are my head. And the same way we were in a church and until the point where they said that you are released, yeah. up until that point, we are under. We're under. We're under. And yeah. Even if like, we feel like we want to just throw out all of our toys out of the pram. Yeah. We couldn't afford to put our our foundation for our ministry at stake. Yeah. Uh, because we knew that ultimately it's one God. We're serving God. Exactly. And, you know, this is the culture in this house. Mm. We we must adhere. Yeah. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about post-leaving then. So when we left, um, we were actually going on holiday. I can't remember now how long after, but we went yeah. on holiday for a while just to... Two and a half weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went on holiday. Um, and I guess for us, physically being away just meant that we just could just like, you know, forget about even starting yeah. a ministry and yeah. just have fun with our family yeah. before we even think about church per se. Mm. Um, but I just want to talk about the reality though. Like, how do you deal with, you know, not necessarily to say church hurt, but just disappointment in in sometimes in your leaders. So we, we felt, you know, like emotional about how things were. But what, what was important for you in terms of moving, pushing past that and moving past those, those, those feelings? I guess... And how did you do that? Mm, I guess sticking to the vision and, and 
purpose that God had laid out for us, that is what kept me going <laughs> and forgetting about what has happened in the chapter behind. But but were there steps that, that you took or we took that helped you to close those chapters? Because um, what I want to allude to is that even when we came back, I think some of the emotions and feelings mm. kept trying to arise. Yeah. And even though, yes, we were focused on a vision, we were focused on our mission. Yeah. We had a great team to get us going. Yeah. But there's things that we had to do, which meant humbling ourselves yes. to have honest conversations. Yes. So, I mean, you know, we got to the point where we wanted to have a sit down and have a chat with our bishop um, you know, of the church that we had left and just to iron out a few things because we felt it was it was the relationship seemed a bit cold and yeah. a bit off and it shouldn't have been like that. Yeah. So you know we we humbled ourselves and said you know um, you know we will we'll meet with Bishop we'll have an honest and open conversation mm. and to be honest that is one of the best things yeah. and best moves we have done in ministry. Yeah. Um. Again, you know, just I was even talking about this this evening um, with the men's group that submission is not about it, it doesn't highlight that you're weak mm. if anything it highlights wisdom in your life mm. and the bible says that god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble mm. so if anybody wants to excel if anybody wants to go higher mm. if anybody wants to uh, achieve success they must first submit and humble themselves um despite whether you feel you're right or you're wrong Go according in line with the word of God. Yeah. And for us, we wanted to sit down and have an open and honest conversation, a healing conversation. Mm. And for some people in this call, um, call sorry, podcast, yeah. <laughs> listening, um, you know, that's, that's a move that you need to make, that you might have to have an open conversation with someone who you feel um, has misunderstood you or you've been offended by or you need to reconcile with... Yeah. You know, there's, there's, different, there's different areas. But I think also, we knew that we had a perception, which may have been right or wrong, but we, I think our emotions had gotten to a stage where we, everything we perceived now was like, you know, the devil was amplifying things. Mm. And I think we also needed to go and to speak and to, to allow things to become clear. And the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because I feel like, particularly in churches... Yeah. People part ways or they leave. And then from there, they don't talk to each other again. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, friction. And I always think that in heaven, will we not talk to each other? Like, exactly. how can we? Yeah. How can we? So, and I, and I, and I was adamant that I didn't want that to be our story. Yeah. Like, you know, we've, I've been in a church for a long time and I've seen people come and go. And you can see people who can't speak to their, their yeah. leader their, yeah. or, you know, their ex-leader or whatever yeah. Yeah. Um, because they just haven't had a conversation. Yeah. And I think we knew that we couldn't let the opportunity pass by to have a conversation, to heal, to bring healing yeah. to ourselves and maybe also to our bishop. There might be things that we did that was not yeah. you know, right in his his eyes yeah. but I think being open to a conversation and from you know we're originally from you know an African background mm -hmm. um, and I think we are we're not from you know a culture where people just have open and honest yeah. conversations yeah. and so it may not have even been that comfortable for our, yeah. our bishop to have yeah. that conversation with us yeah. but afterwards we can see that you know it became a beautiful relationship yeah. because of just saying that let's have a, con a conversation yeah. and just to encourage anyone that has left a place or, you know, even you might still be in a church, but you can't talk to your leaders or talk to someone because there was the, you know, 
just have a conversation because at the end of the day you want the same thing yeah you want to be like christ yeah and i kept telling myself that how can i be a pastor or a leader of people and not be able to talk about forgiveness and preach on forgiveness exactly. freely exactly. if I was harboring things in my heart. Yeah. And I had to change my mindset that it's not about them, mm. but it's about me. It's about what I am thinking about them. It's about what I am holding. Mm. It's about what things and perceptions and notions are in my mind yeah. rather than what they think because it might be completely different anyway yeah. but my problem was well, is like what is in my mind yeah. and i need to get these thoughts out of my head because it's not healthy mm. rather than i need to um you know do the right thing for them because they may even think of a you know that i'm not even on doing the things yeah. that i think i'm doing yeah. and vice versa yeah. but i knew that it was my issue that i was harboring things yeah and we needed to talk so that I could be free mm. because if not the foundation of the ministry that I'm going to run and, and the lady, the ladies that I'm going to lead is just going to be on shaky ground mm. and not healthy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I thought it pertinent that we do recognize that sometimes you just need to talk it out. Just need to talk it out. And that itself brings healing. Exactly. And I, that was the case for us. It starts with a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I'll never forget there's, you know, God showed me during that time as well that he said to me, there's so many people behind the pulpit that are not free. Mm. Don't be one of them. Yeah, that's powerful. So many people behind the pulpit that are not free. They are still hurt from what's happened 10 years ago. Yeah. They're still, and you can see it in their language sometimes. You can see it in their preaching, mm. the things that they say. They're not free. They're still holding on to that hurt mm. that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago. God said, don't let that be you. Mm. So for us, we had to set the foundation right in our ministry. Yeah. Set it right. And I even remember one of our leaders um, in our church now, Life City Church, in a prayer meeting. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say this. Well. He, he, he highlighted that to us. And that was like the light bulb moment, yeah. moment yeah. where it was like, we need to act on this and act on it now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think that's the amazing thing about having an authentic and authentic church, especially when you're starting off, because you need people to be like, nah, you guys, we need yeah. to pray about this. Yeah. And have that forum where you could be human, even as pastors, like yeah. you can be human. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, we try to keep our podcast a bit short, but. I just also want to share a couple of things from a family perspective mm. in terms of we were leaving our old church with children. Yeah. And one thing that I was really keen on was making sure my children understood how to say goodbye properly. Yeah. And so I was really keen that they got gifts for all their Sunday school teachers and a card because I wanted my children to understand that when you say bye and you leave a chapter, you say thank you and you say bye properly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for anyone that is going into ministry or leaving a place for, you know, God has called you to something else. Don't do it in a vacuum without your children understanding what's happening. Because I think that yeah. could be traumatic for them. They don't understand. You know, I was in Sunday school with all my friends. And you just pulled me out and I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And I, I was adamant that I taught my children that we are leaving. And because we are leaving, you need to write thank you cards. You need to give all of your Sunday school teachers a present and you need to say thank you and i just want to share that because i feel like sometimes i guess pastors kids just get plucked and yeah. pulled <laughs> and they don't understand what is going on um because of that thing in our culture where we're not transparent about what is going on we don't need to have conversations you're yeah. a child you don't need to know what's going on mm. but actually i would encourage anybody 
that has children in ministry don't your children are also the church and part yeah. of the church yeah. and don't let them be dragged along the journey but yeah. literally let them be side by side understanding what is happening so that they understand that you know our children they understand that oh we go to a life city church our yeah. parents are the pastors we used to go to our church and they don't have any bad yeah. memory of yeah. them leaving That's a place important. and going into a new mm. one but they remember that you know we said goodbye yeah. and we said thank you and for them it's a it's a happy memory yeah. rather than a traumatic time they couldn't quite piece together mm. why they were in a place and they were no longer there yeah and i think that's that really hurt. important because that hurt that you have if you're not careful and most of the times it does because you don't let go of it it feeds down to your kids yeah and then your kids end up hating that person that of that old church and can't and see it's so eye to dangerous. eye. It's so dangerous. Because what they do is then their children start forming um, thoughts about what they think pastors are like or what yeah. they think church leaders are like because, yeah. Yeah. you know, their parents are always bad-mouthing this yeah. person yeah. or, you know, they were in a place of all their friends and they can no longer see their friends anymore. They can yeah. no longer have a relationship. Um, but I was so conscious that I did not want that to be the story of my yeah. children. Yeah. And I even, despite how I felt, mm. even whatever that meant, I wanted my children to have that clean break and a good memory of them being in a place and transitioning into a new one. Yeah. If your children were leaving a school, you would explain to them that exactly. you're leaving a school. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't just say, oh, tomorrow you're going to this school. Yeah. And you wouldn't explain why they've left, how they've left. Mm. Because I think that's really important. I think I've seen PKs, past this kids, yeah. like just plucked and gone. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know. I was in their, their Sunday school with them. And I even yeah. know they, that was their last Sunday. Yeah. And I didn't want that to be my children's story because I don't think yeah. I didn't think that was right. And so I was very intentional about that. And I just wanted to share that with somebody who may have young children yeah. or children as well. But communicate around your church journey so your children don't feel like they're just dragged from pillar to post. Yeah. But they're right along there on par with you guys yeah. as you walk the journey of ministry. Not just church, but ministry. Yeah, I just want to just I just feel led to just speak to someone who's listening and just let them know it, it could be in ministry. It could be with family. It could be with um, friends, whatever situation you find yourself in. Stop making excuses on why you are right and just do what's right. Mm. Stop making excuses on why you're right and just do what's right. Because when you do what's right, that's when you get that real healing. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, this is a snippet into, you know, our ministry in the making. It's still in the making. Um, We've given you high-level, high-level thoughts and tips and and just, yeah, nuggets from our story. And we just pray that you are blessed by us sharing how we left our church. Yeah. And, you know, by God's grace, we're doing really well now. So... We started off in the kitchen, yeah. and now in the hall. <laughs> back online church, back, back in the on, house. Yeah, well, technically. Back, back in, in the, the house, house. Online. But in people's houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds good, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good as Taking well. Taking the church to people's houses. Taking the church to people's um, houses. But it's, it's amazing. And actually, before we do close, I just feel like we actually left at the perfect time. Mm. The team that we have the people that are partnered with the ministry, yeah. the people that are in the ministry, the mentors that we have in ministry. Yeah. Um, like God literally worked it all out. Like, you know, we have our bishop there as well, but yeah. we also have, you know, other mentors from, you know, my old church in Cambridge. Yeah. We have awesome pastors, like yeah. our church in Forest Gate. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Like yeah. the pastors yeah. there, Pastor Peter and um, Sister Karis, awesome yeah 
people that can just speak into our lives and encourage us, but not just that, the hands that are in our field, like the hands that are a part of our life city. Had we left three years ago, we probably wouldn't have the members that we have today. Um, But God knew, God prepared all of those vessels and, and people who were ready to be in the startup church with us. And I am beyond grateful for every single member that we have at the moment at at time of recording right now like we love you guys god bless you guys and thank you for believing in us to be your pastors um and just continue to pray for us awesome so with that guys we'll see you very very soon take care